Why are you so sleepy? It's almost my bedtime. <laughs> What's Holy going smoke. on here? The sun's almost gone, mate. Uh, this is a very, very strange experience. We're here in the Millennium Noggin, as mm. we usually are. But mm. if we mm. just, if we just, if we're quiet, mm. there's nothing. There's nothing. There's no there's rattling. No, there's no chatter. There's no cafe noise. Mm. It's mm. because it's uh, six p.m. at night. Mm. Because at night we had to rearrange zones, the Tom. schedule for a very, very important and special mm. guest. Mm. An untapped resource, I think. And our guest on this episode is Simon Watson. A.K.A. AKA Mr. Watson Dumbbells. Watson Dumbbells, Watson Strength Equipment. Mm -hmm. He's got a fascinating story to tell. Yeah, look, uh, I've known him for a little while. You know, my connections, I connected him with, I think, uh, back in the day, a few few uh, gyms in Sydney, and I think they ended up getting uh, getting some Watson equipment. Yeah. But um, back at the, the CHPC, <laughs> <laughs> back at the CHPC, uh, <laughs> you know, we had the Watson gear there, and, and uh, we had that bar. Oh, body the, development bar. The body development with bar. With balls on it and it was... Uh, okay. No one could do it. Yeah. <laughs> the uncurlable bar. <laughs> yeah, Eddie Hall wouldn't be able to curl <laughs> yeah. that one. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I thought, let's, uh, let's, Get him on. Well, let's we connect had, him. Yeah, we had some lovely um, Watson equipment mm. in that facility at the Icon Performance Center. Yep, you got the dumbbells there got going the nice up. Watson dumbbells. We got a Watson leg press. We got mm. a lot of Watson racks and Well, equipment. at the Lift Performance Center, we got the, the Watson dumbbells there as well. Yes. And, uh, and then the animal leg press and a few other bits of kit. So, yeah. yeah. It's They're just everywhere. Rock solid and sturdy, mate. Sturdy. If there, if there was, a, if there was a, an animal leg press on the Titanic, it would yeah. still be there. Yeah, it would. It Have a few barnacles, a few barnacles yeah. on it, but it'd be fine. Leonardo DiCaprio would be down there doing some reps. He would still, uh, <laughs> you know, still no legs. But now, um, yes, that's also very true. Mm. Interestingly enough, and he'll go into this, but the way they make those dumbbells compared to the way everyone else makes dumbbells yeah. is big Hunk discrepancy. Of steel. Yeah, fascinating. Massive discrepancy. I mean, you can be sure that a Watson dumbbell weighs Mate. what it's supposed to weigh. He was saying, and now after the interview off air, just as we're, as we're wrapping things up, candid, mm. Mm. they did some uh, some testing and got a whole lot of 50 kilo dumbbells and some mm. of them were out by as much as seven kilos. Mm. They're, the hero they're always dumbbells. light. Yeah, they're not over. They're always light. Punching those fifties overhead. Yeah. Boom! Yeah. Look at me go. <laughs> then you try and do it with a set of Watsons. Yeah, they certainly are humbling. Yes, so uh, very humbling. So I think, mate, we'll go to our straight to our it. special guest. Under the Bar podcast here mm. with uh, Tom and Rawdon. Uh, it's a strange time of the day, Tom. It is a bit strange, isn't it? Because we had to match up time zones for mm, our next guest. Mm. What does uh, well, what does every decent gym need these days, mate? Well, mate, there's. Uh, I mean, what's what's that well, the one, one thing? The one thing that stands uh, yeah. gyms uh, sets them apart from others. Yes, sets them apart from the fitness first of the world. Mm. Well, we shouldn't probably name names, but uh, well, clearly it's got to be a, a nice, a shiny, a thick handled implement uh, set of dumbbells <laughs> yes. you know running up to hundreds yeah. 100 kilo dumbbells the yeah. Watson the Watson dumbbells the we're, Watson we're talking dumbbell. about yeah we were very fortunate in the last facility we worked in we yes. had the the nice Watsons with the thick grip yep. where I'm at now at uh, Icon Performance we're mm-hmm. associated with the podcast they've got the, a nice sort of a mid grip Watson yeah. dumbbell from uh, 10 to 60 in 1 kilo increments <laughs> Someone went crazy when beautiful. they made it. Yeah, 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 absolutely beautiful. So we were uh, lucky to have uh, all the way to, I think, Bath in the UK. Is that right, Simon? That's cool. Well, uh, I live in Bath. Um, I'm actually in Froome at work right now. Ah, yes. All right. All so, 6 a.m.? Just outside, 10, 10 miles outside of Bath. 
Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So yeah. it's Simon Watson from obviously Watson Dumbbells and Watson Equipment. So that's who yeah. we're interviewing today. Simon, thanks for your time and welcome to the podcast. Before we get into uh, some of the gym stuff, it's 6am and you're actually at work already mm. and you said you're, you're already up at 5am yeah. every day. You just get up <clears throat> just get up early. So what's the, the morning routine look like for uh, the business owner such as yourself? Uh, thanks for the intro. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm always up fairly early. I'm always up at 5 o'clock. Uh, when I tend to just get up, walk the dog, and clear my head a little mm-hmm. bit, and just nice. get ready for the day ahead, just kind of planning my head what I'm what I'm going to try and achieve that day. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's just just like a good head clearing time. I find there's yeah. no phones ringing, there's nobody asking me questions. It's just a good time of the day. So I, I like being up early. Is there mm-hmm. uh, coffees consumed at that time, mate? <clears throat> coffee, yeah, coffee, coffee at home, which is decent coffee not amazing but once i get mm. into work that's when it really steps up and we, we get some serious, <laughs> serious coffee on the go with the uh the spaziali coffee machine yeah beautiful oh, so we're all big into your coffee over there you got some got some amazing coffee in melbourne yeah melbourne's pretty good for coffee sydney's yeah. good as well but melbourne might, might might get the nod i thought i'd coffee. say so probably they're pretty good down yeah, there yeah they're good and down food there. Yeah. Very good. yeah, it's always dangerous having a coffee machine in the actual workplace. Yeah, that that can lead to a bit of uh, anxiety. Well, we had the N- Nespresso there at our old yeah. workplace, but yeah. uh, <laughs> used to knock back a few of those. Yeah. So, um, right, you've planned the day and you're in there and you're ready to start setting out to knock off the things that you wanted to achieve for the day. Simon, when it all started way back, when I think you were uh, making benches mm. just on your own, was it was it a bit like that as well? Was all right today? I'm going to make a bench. <laughs> How yeah, it all- pure, when, I, when I started, it was purely a, um, just like a fun thing to do on the side. I was working full time as a welder. Um, I love training. I love making things. So I thought if I can make a few just simple benches and bits and pieces in my spare time, that would be just a cool thing to do and maybe make a tiny bit of money from it. Yeah. So um, that's that's what I started doing. But. Quite soon into that, I got um, I got sacked from the job I was doing because they didn't like people <coughs> doing um, work in their spare time. They they really pushed overtime, and if you if you weren't doing overtime and, and doing your own work, they got a bit funny. So mm. I got pushed out of that within a few weeks, which then made me think, right, I've got to really try and make a go of this. Mm. Um, so that's what I did. I put some. If, if this is um, 18 years ago now, so it was pre-internet, so there was no um, no marketing on, on internet. So um, I placed a little ad in a local magazine and just picked up a few orders from there um, and just did what I could to um, just just try and get a few bits in and, 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 and try and work the thing off the ground. Um, but it, it was hard at the start because I had a totally you know, no brand, no no following, nobody knew who I was. So I used to do things like I'd, I'd make a machine, make a machine I'd never made before, deliver it to a gym just just on the off chance, just drop it off at the gym and yeah. say, look, try this for a week, see how you get on, see if you like it. I'll come back next week. If you don't want it, no problem at all. I'll take it back. But kind of knowing that once it's in there and the members get on it, they're going to want it and they're going to buy it. So yeah. things like that help me get a few, a few orders early on. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of kind of how I started. But it was, 
it was tough at the start because I was always making things I'd never actually made before. Yeah. So it was, it was always uh, a lot of panicking and, and rushing around, but but really, really good fun. I really loved it, really enjoyed it. And, um, and that's, that's, I've still got that now. I'm really, really passionate about what I do. And what, mm. what was the uh, what was the turnaround? No doubt it's a little quicker these days to knock out a bench, but uh, <laughs> say I, I, uh, I won one of those benches, how long would it have taken? A couple of days or a day you knock up a bench? What, no, what a bench, an, an adjustable bench back then would, um, it would, if it was something new I hadn't made before, it would be, yeah, two or three days to get it made. Right at the start, I was actually spraying by hand, so with tins of spray paint, spraying by awesome. hand, um, making all the upholstery as well when I got home. So, because wow. all the way through, we've always we've always made everything in house. We've never subbed anything out. We never sub out the upholstery or anything. Everything's in house. Yeah. Um, so yeah, two or three days for something like a bench, but then something bigger, um, like when the first leg press I sold. Yeah. Um, I said to the guy that we're, we're really busy because it was always we. It was never me. I always gave him <laughs> a big company. So good. You know, we're really busy at the minute. So I should lead time should be kind of four or five weeks because I knew that it was going to take me that long to actually make a leg press that I've never made before. So yeah. I was I was quickly going to my local gym, getting on a leg press, trying to trying to get some measurements off him, yeah. get an idea of what of, of how to make it, but. Um, yeah, it was it was um, a bit of a challenge back then. A lot that, easier now with all the software and things. I mm. yeah, I had kind of no um, no software at all, so everything was was done by hand. All the drawings were were done by hand, so it took a long time. Wow. And um, how, how did that leg press turn out, mate? Were you happy with it, or do, do you know what? That it was delivered um, a place called New Forest, which is. Ooh, probably about an hour from where I am now, and I still sit. They still got it going now. Are you serious? Um, yeah. It runs lovely. It runs fine. It do- doesn't run on linear bearings like our machines now. It runs on basic rollers. Yeah. But yeah, still going strong. Still, still well, flying. I mean, Tom and I have obviously the Watson dumbbells, and and most of our listeners would have been exposed to those. But but the the actual uh, the leg press and the I've used the lat pull downs and the you know the plate loaded machines. They're all you know they look like they were survive a nuclear holocaust you know they're yeah. they're amazingly robust yeah that animal leg press is uh yeah mate, everything you, you could throw that out of an airplane it would, it would bounce yeah. around you know yeah that's the idea i mean we shipping all over the world the last thing we want is something going wrong we have to get it fixed yeah. um obviously now and then things do go wrong um and we always we always go over the top in fixing things but yeah. we want that to an absolute minimum mm. so the easiest way to do that is just to build everything absolutely bulletproof yeah um, it means we can focus on moving forward rather than fixing yeah. yesterday's problems yeah. well, look i think even if the uh, the ship that was involved in the shipping was to sink and be at the bottom of the ocean <laughs> they could, the titanic probably, it would still be there yeah they could probably still pull the animal <laughs> leg press out of it yeah so simon was it like that from the very first bench you made like that's part of your nature as a welder and and with your hands and whatever creative work you do you just make it as good as like top quality yeah yeah right at the start i wanted to make things different looking to the kit around at the time and most of the kit at the time um was kind of made up of a lot of small box section so my idea was to to reduce the amount of box section but make it from bigger steel right. um which made a lot of sense because there was less welding involved less cutting involved all the things that were slow for me 
because I didn't have the kit then to, to make loads of cuts and produce loads of welds. Um, it made sense to just use much bigger, heavier box section yeah. um, and, and reduce that down. And it, it gave the kit a better look, I think, a uh, more heavy duty, it's, solid look. Yeah, it looks like an indu industrial sort of look. Like an industrial, you know, almost old school look. New school, it's yeah, old school. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, old school with a modern, modern twist. Now. Yeah. Fascinating, Simon. So tell me, like, um, okay, you got the first order for the leg press. Did you did you call in a mate to help you with that one? It was still just you pushing the buttons. No, and this, this is all me. So the first two years was me on my own. So yeah, I was selling it, making it, delivering it. I'm, I can remember to this day delivering that leg press because at the time I had a tiny van that the <laughs> leg press didn't fit in, so I hired a trailer. Um, so he was on the back of a trailer, drove it down. I remember having the just a massive splitting headache that day. I can really clearly remember it, driving down, delivering it, but like the sort of forgetting about the headache once I delivered it, because everyone clambered on it and you, you see everyone using it. And it was just yeah. such a good feeling. Yeah. That mm. was the first proper machine I'd made. Benches were good, but they're obviously fairly straightforward to make. Yeah. This is the first time I've made something slightly more complex and, yeah. and with yeah, moving parts and everyone jumped on and, and it was a really good feeling so mm. yeah that awesome. was a high point in those early days so that's a couple of couple of years in now that's all still you like <clears throat> how, obviously there's a there's a team there now at, at Botson so you know we'll talk about the new factory that you've just built but um, did you then start getting okay I'm getting a few more orders I've got to get some people in to help uh, and you know any of the original crew like still there like uh, talk to me about that how it sort of expanded not, not okay. very original here now but yeah so after a couple of years um it was busy you know, i was I, I was always kind of worried about committing too much because right back then i didn't really have a plan to you know build some big company it was still just something i enjoyed doing that yeah. if i could earn just a very basic living then i was happy um i really didn't have any bigger plans than that Okay. So I didn't want to commit too much to taking someone on, having to pay them, which seems crazy looking back now. But <laughs> that's that's how I felt at the time. But eventually, it got to a point where yeah, I was too busy, I couldn't cope on my own. So I took took somebody on, uh, a welder who who um, they'd just be purely welding all the time. But then it it helped things, but then created issues because up to that point, a lot of the things I'd made were just in my head. So I had to then get that information from my head yeah. down on paper that, that the welder could uh, work from. Yeah. Yeah. So that slows you down. So you're stepping back a bit to before you can push forward. So um, it was a, it was a, a tricky time back then, just just getting drawings down. It's funny. I'm going through a similar thing now because um, we just bought our new tube laser, this huge tube laser, where I'm having to redo a lot of drawings to suit. How we make things now so yeah. i'm kind of going through that same process again but back then it, it it helped taking the first person on but also created um a different type of work that i didn't have before yeah mm. but at that point it, it felt good because it felt like it was more of a you know little small business rather than just me purely on my own speak to as well because <laughs> i was working very long hours it, it was getting a bit lonely um yeah. Stuck in a workshop for 60, 16 hours a day, seven days a week. Crazy. 
But, and you can legitimately say, we, we are busy yes. now. <laughs> you know? yeah. so, it's not just you and the dog. Um, Simon, there's been some, you know, from then to where we are now, like the whole design process must be really interesting because the, the innovation within some of the implements that you do create, like some of those specialty bars and the... Oh, yeah, the one with the balls on it. Yeah, we the had, one we had back at the, the CHPC, those... You know that uh, okay. body development bar. I think. Yeah, yes. yeah, body development the body bar, development bar and it had different attachments. And one of the attachments were yeah. these two cannonballs. <laughs> them the cannonballs. They were just like yeah. it was like a ball, just a ball. Yeah, well, yeah. some some yeah. some coaches yeah. actually took those off and you know played around with them. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But even with all the chalk in the world, there was no one in there that could actually do a clean repetition with those balls <laughs> with any really? with any amount of weight on yeah. it. It's the grip in, in different ways. Yeah, but I've always got. Um, Always got new ideas for things, and back then it was really hard to produce them. But it's much easier now with some of the 3D software I use. Um, I can get an idea when I'm driving into work, and then within a few hours have it down as something you can actually see and, and wow. test it all and see if it's going to work before you actually um, have to make it. Back in the early days, any prototypes I had to just make and then find out it's not going to work because of whatever, and then yeah. remake it and remake it, and it's. It was time-consuming and, and um, quite expensive as well. Yeah. But prototypes now, because you do them all in 3D software, it's, it's much easier, much quicker. Tell me, uh, Simon, I'm curious. Like, Even though you have the 3D software, it might look good you know, on a computer. That would work really well. Do you ever... Uh, you know, if it make it, and then it's like, oh no, nah, just just miss the mark. Like it wasn't quite where, like the feeling isn't right, or the the strength curve isn't right, or it just didn't. Over the years now, I've got quite a good eye for even before I draw it, just what is is going to work in terms of yeah. um, you know, strength curves and biomechanically. I, I I can pretty much get it in my head whether it's going to work or not. It's just for yeah. fine tuning when I when I get it down. Um, Sometimes the look of something isn't quite how you wait. It's never quite how you like it first time. So then you, you're tweaking there. But the basic design you can get pretty you get good. pretty good um, in in the 3D software. You can get pretty close. Mm. I mean, it's just a bit of tweaking, which is is um, much easier than total rebuilds, having to start from scratch and build the whole frame again. Yeah. Um, let, let's let's explore that side of things for a little bit because I know Charles has obviously been a big supporter of yours and. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, I think all the UP gyms as well, uh, uh, you know, embraced all the Watson dumbbells and equipment. Has Charles influenced some of your designs and, and sort of had, hey, Simon, I want one of these? And, and have you, um, you know, had influence from external uh, guys that own gyms and stuff? Hey, I want one of these. Or have you thought about making this? Or is it purely just <coughs> your imagination that's creating all these weird and wonderful machines? I've always had good ideas, but loads of our really amazing things have come from other people. I always, always welcome um, uh, feedback and, and advice from, because I'm lucky to be dealing with a lot of top trainers all over the world. Yeah. So yeah, I always get feedback from people. Obviously, Charles has been a massive influence to me and my business. He's helped a huge amount. Um, Nick Mitchell as well, massive to the business. Yeah. Um, with the dumbbells, because Around the time I was, I think it was about eight years ago, I started making or, or looking to make our own dumbbells just because of the hassle we were having with, with buying in dumbbells. Yeah. Um, and just around the time I was looking at making them, I just happened to be introduced to Charles Poliquin and yeah. he set me on a totally different path with the dumbbells that I wouldn't have gone down otherwise with the, um, 
the thick revolving grip and, and wow. um, you know, how to calibrating them and all these things I wasn't going to do myself. Charles said, this is what you want, you want thick grip, they've got to evolve. And I remember thinking, mm, I don't know, it's, it's going to be complex to make and are we going to sell any? But, you know, it was Charles telling me this, so I thought, right, we'll give it a go. And um, I'm obviously really glad I listened to him because, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're almost like a separate business on their own, the dumbbells. Yeah. At um, least 70% of the dumbbells we sell have the revolving handles. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's massive for us. That's really helped. But, yeah, Charles has been a really, really big influence, even book recommendations and things. He's always recommended amazing books for me. Yeah. Um, there's a book called The Pumpkin Plan, which is all about really finding a niche, really just niching down more and more and focusing on what you're really good at. Yeah. Um, and then when I implemented that um, similar time, around eight, ten years ago, um, it, it just had an immediate effect on the business. So when we used to sell treadmills and bikes and things, we, we used to sell all sorts. So when I cut all that out and just focused on on the stuff we just the stuff we like making, the stuff we're passionate yeah. about, yeah. and the stuff we're good at, um, everything improved, everything got better. We we then became known as the experts in that in field. That area, yeah. So what's the process of making one of those dumbbells? Yeah, so, yeah. So say what's t- inside there? Well, Tommy and I and Cam, we're gonna we're gonna whip around and uh, knock up a bit of cash. We want to place an order for some dumbbells. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the process, mate? Say we, we we an order came through today. Like uh, what would what unfolds? Yeah. Okay. So what happens? Two two things happen at the same time when an order comes through. There, there's um, our design guy. Um, we'll speak to you about the end plates that you'd yep. like on there because obviously we we customize the end plates. Yep. <coughs> um, so he'll speak to you about your logo if you want your logo. Some people go with our Watson logo, but most people go with their logo. So we'll be arranging how that's going to look. Um, and then at the same time, we'll start machining the actual billets that make up the set of dumbbells you've ordered. Yeah. Um, so what we do with the billets, we've got, um, we've invested in some amazing CNC lathes that, um, that basically you, you put one of these big lumps of steel that makes a billet into the lathe. Um, it does all the machining on both sides and comes off as a f- now finished billet. So we've written all these programs that took weeks and weeks and months to, to write. So we've, we've got all the programs now in our CNC machines so the machine knows when you put a certain size billet in and you tell it we want to make a 20 kilo or a 40 <laughs> pound dumbbell, it will machine that billet exactly to, to the size it needs to be to give the weight that it needs to be, allowing for the handles and the end plates and everything else is completely um, completely on perfect weight at, at the end. Wow. Mm. Um, and because we use, see most dumbbells are made from cast steel, um, where, where you basically pour molten metal into a mold. And, and the trouble with those is there's low, there's always like millions of little air holes yeah, in, inside yes. the weight itself, which means for a given size, the weight of that size is never gonna be consistent. It will yes. always vary, yes. and normally vary lighter than what it says. But because we use solid stainless steel, the weight is very, very consistent. So as long as you make it exactly the same size, 
the weight would be exactly the same every but single time. This is why uh, yeah. I wondered why it always those yeah. you know the the forties at Icon mm. seem a little harder than the forties at any time. Fitness. Yeah, well, there's there's one thing, one complaint with the Watson numbers. They're a little too true <laughs> too to the heavy. actual weight that we're yeah. lifting. They're psychological because they're very compact. When you look at when you yeah. look at a forty kilo dumbbell in your head, that looks yeah. like a. 20, 25. Yeah. So then when you go to it up, it's just... Well, yeah, and then you've got the thick grips. That throws yeah. you as well. And then the yeah. other thing you notice with the Watsons is when they come down, boom! Oh, yeah. Or they really leave a... Thump, you know, <laughs> you, you want to make sure you've got your DA, your DA approvement well and truly under control before yeah. people start throwing the Watsons yeah. around. And, and, yeah. and the good thing about them, Tommy, is but that just, they're well, durable. The, design, the, the initial idea of them is... It wasn't so much aesthetics and how they look. It was just having an absolutely bulletproof dumbbell yeah. that people can chuck around because they're going to get chucked around. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Let's you, be honest. you can't expect everyone to carefully place them down. Um, so the idea initially was to have a bulletproof dumbbell. It's yeah. never going to come loose, never going to have bits chipping off it or breaking. Yeah. Um, so that's the idea. So we, we find it's like a 50-50 split now. 50% of the gyms will really look after them and make sure people don't slang them together and in – Five years down the line, they still look incredible, and the other gyms are buying them just because they don't want the hassle of dumbbells breaking and coming loose, mm. and they'll be smashed around. You, they'll be mm. you know, battered around like you know, really <laughs> badly after a few years, but mm. they're still exactly the right way, mm. not loose, working perfectly, mm. and doing exactly what they need to do. So um, they they kind of fit both types of gyms now. They they started off really going into quite high-end health clubs, yeah. but now we're finding people that have, um, you know, a guy that set up his own gym and he's doesn't make a huge amount of money from it, but he's getting sick of every year having to buy replacement dumbbells where they're yeah. breaking or bending. Those people are quite easy now to, to sell to because they think, yeah, okay, let's just pay a little bit more money yeah. and then it's done. It's lifetime guarantee. Never got to worry about it again. Mm. And they look great as well. So um, it's, it's a no-brainer there. Tell me, Simon, is, is all the Watson equipment lifetime guarantee? Yeah, we put a lifetime guarantee on everything. Um, wow. <laughs> and, That's um, crazy. And sometimes we get things break, not often, but very occasionally, and we just replace the whole thing. It's, it's so, for, for the benefit you get saying lifetime guarantee, it gives people yeah. confidence. It's not like we're... You know, we've been around a long time now, so people know we, we stand by that. It's not just something we say. Um, but for the extra orders, I think that we pick up because of that. Yeah. It's worth the odd, you know, couple of times a 100%. year, you've just got to send out a whole new machine, which is, is what we tend to do. If, um, if something goes wrong, it's often not worth trying to fix it. It's easier just to, just to send a yeah. whole replacement out. Um, and then that gives you good, um, good feedback from customers. You know, you, yeah. you get, um, good customer service um, reports and things. So it, it helps around, I think. Yeah, mm. yeah, definitely, definitely. Hey, it's, Simon, a couple of questions. Re the dumbbells. Biggest set of dumbbells you've made and where's the most obscure pa- place you've uh, actually sent uh, a set of your dumbbells to? Biggest b- biggest set is probably um, still someone like Charles who's got dumbbells not going particularly heavy. I think going up to 45, but they're going up in half kilo increments. <laughs> so it goes all the way from three to forty-five and a half kilo increments, which is so Charles like 90, ninety pairs or something. Yeah, but we we've done loads of sets now up to one hundred and fifty kilos. Oh really? And, oh. A, and a lot. Yeah, we've we've done a lot of hundred and fifties up to a hundred kilos is a real standard thing now. That's yeah, 
kind of don't don't um, bat an eyelid at that now. But um, 150s done quite a few, and we've made a single pair of 175s. That's the heaviest dumbbells we've made. <laughs> cool. But it's, it's still pretty compact. You know, it doesn't certainly doesn't oh, look man. like 175 kilos. That'd be like glued to the to the ground. Yeah, like, trying to pick that one up <laughs> would be. We, um, when we did Body Power Show uh, last year, I think it was, we had a 150 kilo dumbbell. Um, and I said, anyone who can lift it up with one hand, no straps, uh, <laughs> keep it. And, um, and we had two people over the weekend. We had some monsters come in. Um, <laughs> I was chatting to Eddie Hall. He was looking at it, but he, he, didn't, he didn't actually have a go. I don't know if he... But with one hand no straps is purely on yeah. grip so yeah, it's uh, just grip strength right so yeah we had two people that could lift it and they they won a dumbbell each <laughs> <laughs> hung it around their neck yeah. wore, wore yeah. it with pride is there a different uh, do you have to factor in any sort of different design with a such a large dumbbell compared to a stand yeah yeah, yeah to, to the outside it looks the same inside is yeah it's, it's quite different the way um the way we attach the billets because you can't machine that as one big solid billet it mm. has to be machined in uh in for that size for 175 kilo it's actually three billets per side um, oh, wow. that make that up yeah so um internally there's a system we got for, for locking those together yeah well it sounds like those guys got the got a decent dumbbell a lot of work went into that what about the most obscure place mate where where have you sent a, a set of dumbbells to that, that just went wow they want to sit out there that's crazy um, well the places i really want to see i haven't had a chance to see yet but, um there's a there's a gym in london very exclusive gym in london where a lot of wealthy people train and we put dumbbells in there and since putting them in off the back of it we've had a few uh, yacht orders oh really and, uh, ah. dumbbells with the yacht name and they've gone onto a rack with um uh c what do they call it c some basically a system to lock the dumbbells down while they're at sea wow. um so yeah we've done quite a few of those now um haven't actually seen any in situ um Although I saw one of the yachts, I was in Cannes a couple of years ago, and there was a yacht, uh, Yazoo, I think it was, in, in Cannes, and I recognized the name from the dumbbells we did. Um, Very cool. So emailed the captain saying, is, is, the, is the yacht in Cannes hoping to get an invite onto it? Um, and he said, yeah, it is, but the owners are here, so there's no, no chance we getting on, unfortunately. But, um, Mate, you think yeah, so? Yeah, a few of those are, are pretty, pretty good. That's crazy. Amazing. So Simon, you were at this. Obviously, when all this began, you said you were sort of, I guess, worried about actually committing to, to doing this full time, and you didn't really have any bigger plans. And you know, we fast forward, and you've, yeah, you've taken over you've the world, specialised the business from doing all sorts of equipment to specifically the gym stuff, and and now you've opened up a facility. So, at what point did it, um, you know, did it become serious, and and you started to you know really invest? all of your energy and start to upskill in other areas of business to and to build it to where it is today and if you don't mind i'll just chime in there simon you also don't have any other partners or investors this is all just purely your your passion your baby this watson uh, gym equipment isn't it yes yeah, purely purely me no no investors have done things gradually where right from the start where you make a bit of money reinvest it make a bit of money reinvest it so i like to be able to go home and, and just switch off and sleep at night and i think if i had if I owed people money, I'd, I'd yeah. worry. I think I'd, I think 
I don't get stressed about anything really, but the only thing I would get stressed about is is money. Um, and I have, I have, when we did the factory build, and we've always had a nice cushion, but I knew that was gonna go on the build before we build it back up again. So um, yeah. that that's the only time it kind of stresses me when, when money gets low. So I've always, yeah, stayed away from investors and, and things like that. So, um, sorry, the original question uh, was, when when um, did it sort of take on a, a serious, more serious? It's, it's, yeah, it's for me, um, around the time when I realised I can't be doing everything in the workshop and kind of moved away and started looking at looking at things in a more business way and started reading books and speaking to other people with businesses that are doing well. Around that time, which is probably twelve or so years ago, that's when I started moving away and. And thinking, yeah, we could really, really grow this and make it into something, something good. And actually, rather than just make things that are already available, come up with new ideas and, and innovate yeah. and really push things forward. So, um, and that kind of tied in with all the niche thing, cutting out everything else, all the other distractions, just getting rid of all that mm. and really focusing. So that's the time I start thinking, yeah, we could, we could grow this into into something good. Mm. Uh, and then just, just as as the business grew, I remember I remember looking at the order book sometimes and thinking, oh, we've got all these all these orders we're waiting to build. Hmm. And we've got all these people, some opening new gyms, some with existing gyms, all relying on us to make their equipment and get it out to them. Um, so I kind of I'm committed now. We have to we 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 have to you know be just be great and and yeah. do you know do what we've promised we're going to do so um yeah it's kind of kind of like a switch then where I, I changed my thinking from just how can i get by day to day and just enjoy what i'm doing to to building things up so now I, in in some ways you kind of lose that fun now because there's some serious decisions and yeah. things have to mm, be deadlines uh yeah exactly it can't be it can't be the fun you know downstairs having a laugh with the welders, you know, and yeah. going out drinking them and stuff. It can't be like that now. It's more it's more serious. Yeah. But um but they're much more exciting in so many other ways. Just seeing what's possible where we where we can get to because I feel now with the big changes we've made this year, we're now in the perfect position to really push ahead and next year and onwards do some really, really incredible things. Mm. Um, but it's all there's there's problems all the time. I mean, our, for a long time, we, we're slow getting stuff out. We, we're much slower than I want us to be getting stuff out. And obviously, we we ship all over the world. So if, if we ship to you in um, in Australia, that's eight, nine, ten weeks on the sea. So if we take two months to build something, and then you've got another two, possibly three months to get it to you, that's five months. So yeah, yeah. it's a long lead time. So we're I'm really doing everything I can now. We've put everything in place to, to massively um, speed up our lead time, yeah. which is it's the one thing that it does let us down. Um, the complaints we, we get is, is the fact we're getting stuff out too, too slow. Yeah. Um, although we're always getting the capacities increasing all the time, we're getting faster and faster, but the orders are, are coming in at a higher rate than we're um, turning them around, which is a, it's a good problem to have, but it's still a problem. And I... I don't want customers waiting ages for their for their stuff they've ordered. Yeah, and, and our customers are very forgiving. They understand we make stuff, but um, 
uh, yeah, it's, it's something we're really working on there to, to speed things up. Tell me, Simon, um, so getting back to that, Tommy and I can place in an order. So we've placed an order, you've checked the end plates, yeah. and now in the new factory, like what, what would it turn around? Like do you have certain dumbbells in stock or is everything made from an order comes in and bam, you, it's made ad hoc from, 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 from yeah, the order? Yeah, nothing, nothing is in stock, much as I'd love. And I'm, one thing I'm working on is getting stock of things we sell a lot of, like our lateral tricep bar and, and yeah. you know, products that are going out all the time. I want to hold a stock of those, um, but we're not there quite yet. So everything's made to order. The dumbbells, um, it would go in in a queue for the machine. We've got two machines now, constantly for almost 24 hours a day machining dumbbell billets. Um, so it, it would go into a queue. To, to actually machine the billets would take about three days to, to machine an average set. If you had a 10 to 50 kilo set, yep. there'd be three days of machining. Billets would be ready around the same time. Hopefully, we'd have the end plates ready, so we then machine the handles. Depending on what size handles you've got, yep. um, make those in house as well. So we'd machine those, and then they'd go to our um, bespoke welding bay designed purely for the dumbbells, where where they're assembled. Um, so they'd be assembled, which would take another two days, um, and then ready to ship out. So. An average set, if we were purely just working on that set, we'd probably have um, six, seven days work to get them to get them ready. But obviously that six or seven days can't be done as soon as we get the order in because we've got loads of order, other orders to do. Yeah. So it goes yep. in a yep. bit of a queued system. So we, we block out time. When an order comes in, we block out the time that we know it's going to take to make it and schedule it in. Unless uh, unless Rawdon uh, calls, you know, sends you a Facebook message and say, "Hey, hey, I've got a friend. He's going to put an order in. You know, can he jump the queue?" And you're like, "Yeah, right. Yeah. Just, uh, I'll get in touch with him." Um, and tell me, I'm just I'm just fascinated by obviously the dumbbells up to 175 kilos, but up to 100 is pretty normal. Obviously, they get the machine that the billet gets machined. But how do you get them around? Are they all on trolleys? Like, yeah. how do the guys maneuver? It <laughs> just baffles me. Um, we're looking now, it's getting a bit, because we do so many, there's so many sets going out all the time now. Um, so the, um, we, we're actually looking now at, a, I don't know exactly what, but some system for moving them around. Because there's a lot of, when they're assembled, they've got to be turned over a lot of times, putting end plates on and, yeah. and mm. check weighing them and, and packing them. There's, there's a lot of movements. So we're looking at some system where we can, Ideally, a huge magnet, but that wouldn't work because they're stainless steel. But some system yeah. where we can quickly lock onto them, pick them up, move them around. Yeah. Um, but right now, at the minute, up until now, they're handballed. They're, they're wow. all done by hand. Mm. The boys would be um, getting pretty, uh, yeah. pretty solid forearms there. Exactly. Yeah. But it's funny because our workforce over the years is getting more and more. Where Jacked. just to look at most of the guys here, you'd say, yeah, he trains, he trains. Yeah. Probably 70 percent. You you could tell they, they train. And this. I think we're attracting those um, those people now. Mm. Uh, that's only over the last few years, for some reason. Before, we never did. We had a, a real mix of yeah. people working here. But now, most people are enthusiasts. They train, and it's like their dream job. It's 
Badge of honor. And for yourself, Simon, you mentioned the uh, you have to factor in you know the the strength curve and the biomechanics of the exercise. And so, have you done any study in that area, or you've just trained a lot yourself and you use all the equipment and figure it out? Like how does how does your yeah, knowledge no official of training? study, but just speaking to more and more people. And as I said before, we're lucky because a lot of the people we deal with are kind of top of the top yeah. of the game. So, we get some really good feedback there. I've always, things have always made sense to me, strength goes, even when I was training at school, it, it made sense that if you're doing a bicep curl at the top of the movement, you, you haven't got any load, so if you bend forward, if you bend your body at 45 degrees, that will then throw load on the top of the movement on mm. the, the, in the shortened um, range. And it just things like that just kind of made sense to me, and it's quite easy then to build that into machines. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But my knowledge of that has massively improved through just hours and hours of speaking to people much more knowledgeable than me. Mm. And what about training yourself, uh, yeah. Simon? Do you still get, uh, like you get up at you know 5 a.m., 6 a.m., you're in the office, you've had a crappy coffee at home and now you're drinking the good stuff? Yeah. Like when do you, uh, when do you, you always make time for yourself to train like uh, Charles always does? Yeah, my wife's got a PT business. Um, so we've all we've always had a gym at home. So before we had our gym here now at work, I always used to train at home. Generally, when I got home from work, um, yeah. I generally get home now, kind of four or five o'clock, and I train then. But since we we opened our gym in in March this year, the Watson Gym, um, I now train there, and I, I try and get in about ten o'clock in the morning. Yeah, um, it's pretty quiet then, so I go in, uh, train for an hour come back, have a shower, and um, kind of ready for work again then. And, and, uh, saying that, it, it varies. I'm going through a phase at the minute, redoing a lot of drawings for our new laser machine. And, and my, I'm, it's busy. It's really busy at the minute yeah. for me personally. So my training's dropping off, which I hate. Mm. Um, Got to get that balance. Of not, not training a lot. So... Mm. Um, yeah, I need to um, need to get back over there. Look, that happens from time to time, and sometimes even the uh, the time of day that you train. Like if you're mentally productive for drawing stuff mid morning, well, it's probably better to be doing that than training mm. and save mm. that for a bit later in the day. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, that's a very good point, Tom. Very yeah. good. Um, what about um, <laughs> ha- ha- how well is that gym equipped? We, we got everything in there. Yeah. Well, you're missing a few uh, a few bits and pieces. Maybe duck into the warehouse and knock up a. You know, We've a, got. Um, we got probably 60 to 70 percent of our key machines in there. Nice. Obviously, massive set of dumbbells, a couple of massive sets of dumbbells. Mm. Um, nearly all the leg machines. We, we're well known for our, our leg machines. We got yep. all those. The new uh, vertical leg press is in there. Uh, the animal leg press is in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got a, a good mix. Anything that's not there, we got a showroom in the new factory as well. So the idea is to have some of the new unusual bits in the, in the showroom here. So a customer coming to visit now, they get a really good feel. They can they can use pretty much everything they're going to want to see, um, awesome. which is great because up until then, when customers visited us, and we get a lot of people come to see us, and they they travel a long way. Yeah. It was always a bit hit and miss at the, in the past, um, depending on what we had around at the time. Um, if a customer happened to come in when a couple of big containers went out, we'd be pretty short on kit. It's a bit embarrassing mm. just showing around you know, a few few scraggly odds and ends. So it's a great benefit of having the gym is it's a, it's a working showroom. 
so people can always um, always get on all the kit they're probably going to want to buy. That's awesome, and 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 you said that happens quite often. So you'll get like a, an email, hey, you know, I'm interesting in Watson, interested in the Watson equipment. Can I come and check it out? So you get quite a people, quite a few people come through the door yeah, that way. Yeah, we've always had that. It's, it's either people that have played. We've had a lot where they placed orders um, and they want to come and see stuff being built, so they yeah. come in. Cool. Uh, people looking to place orders, they come in. Yeah. But now, and we've never really pushed it. It's just something we we've um, you know welcome if, if people ask. But now, since we got the new factory and the setup here is is, is nice, it, it's very good now. So we're really actively encouraging people to come and see us now. Um, and there's there's um, a lot of marketing will be to to really invite people to come and see what we do because we love showing people around. And we love people coming and. Interesting. Any any other exclusives? Yeah, any other exclusives new? That I mean, that sounds pretty cool. Well, Anything I'll else see. that? <laughs> that will be. Uh, will be revealed on our, Ooh, on our okay. Instagram. All right, all right. <laughs> Very good. All right, Simon, absolute pleasure talking to you today. Um, what's, uh, before we uh, fully officially wrap it up, what's, uh, did you think of anything on the way to the work today? We're going to have a, a bar made created today. Like what's on the agenda for the rest of today for you, mate? So I, I, yeah. I'll think of something today. I haven't yet. I'll think of something relating to this uh, <laughs> interview. I'll come up with. And under uh, the bar bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't actually what, do what anything. Do yeah. what, what, um, what do you think the industry needs? <laughs> No, it's going to be an under the bar bar that doesn't really do anything think, well. Yeah, it just sort of fluffs around there. Doesn't yeah. doesn't hit the triceps that well. Oh, that's the, that's Frustrates easy. you. Okay, I'll, I'll have some by the end of the day. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> oh, oh. All right, Simon, absolute pleasure, man. I'll over to Australia um, this this coming year. Definitely. Um, so I'll, I'll come and see you. Yeah, man. We'll get, you, we'll get you in the studio. Yeah. Give you nice a, a good coffee. Yeah, look forward to that. <laughs> All right, mate. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, Simon. Thanks. Cheers, mate. Talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Rodney, we were talking before we had Simon Watson on, and I was saying, man, I'd be really interested to know if. He's one of these guys that you know started building benches and then decided I'm going to take over the world, <laughs> or whether it was a more organic evolution of the of his brand and his business, and it, it was turned organic, out to be the latter. And and mm. uh, you know, driven by the passion of, of building equipment, yeah, high and, quality and, equipment. And that's something that we can relate to here on the podcast. Yeah. As much <laughs> as we could be doing better than we are, yeah, it's got to be If it's organic, not organic, yeah, any pesticide, we we don't go that way. <laughs> you know, we need to really. But no, like, I, you know, he sort of uh, had, had some advice uh, there at the end that I thought was quite, you know, we don't really think about that. But <clears throat> the obvious is surround yourself by, you know. A good team. A good team. Yeah. But, but his point was, you know, get rid of someone that's not. Yeah, dead wood. Yeah. It, yeah <laughs> Got to go. Gone. Because um, how, how often, and, and I'm sure you could recall, you know, people that were kept around, yeah. you know, for whatever reason. It's always hard to, you know, to get get rid of someone yes. but um but if they're not um if they don't fit the mold and they're they're bringing the team down bringing then the i think that's yeah, yeah the energy 100 yeah, yeah i think that was a really Cam? invaluable point you yeah you're out of here mate <laughs> nice, mate. he <laughs> <laughs> might be a rock star i haven't heard a wookie noise out of him for, for weeks <laughs> yeah. if i don't hear another wookie you're out but um yeah. but yeah absolutely fascinating uh you know how they make the dumbbells and uh and look it can be knocked up in a week mate if we if we if we if we put the order in yeah. tonight yeah knocked up in a week but 
I mean, this is a serious point for any gyms out there, yeah. and they're popping up all over the place. Mm. If you want to kit it out, you're looking at a five-month potential, yeah, potentially. potential, potentially a five-month lead 100%. time. So it's good to get in early. And uh, well, I was blown away. I mean, yeah. is, is that how long it takes by boat? Eight weeks. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, I must be rowing it here, but uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely fascinating. Good to have him on. All right, so get in contact episode. with you. Yep, tomhewitt.com.au. Me, you can yep. have a look for the elusive website if you like, but I think it's actually been pulled down. Nothing's yeah. there. It's just, yeah, a, it's it's just uh, what is it, static? The Yeah, that stuff. <laughs> but uh, you can, it's social bad. media. Social media, the Insta, Dubois method. Insta and Facebook, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. yep. We've got to stop talking. Mm. All right. See That's you guys. enough out of you, Cam. Bye.